I think Bob's coming back soon. But, you know, I love Wendy Snyder. I just do. Uh, personally, professionally, she is amazing. And I'm always so honored to be here. 237 on WGN. My name is Steve Dale. Okay, here's one of the many texts on this topic. I'm choosing this one, but they all kind of say the same thing. I was at Blues Fest yesterday and the Art Institute and felt totally safe. I met people from all over the world in town for the music festival. You know what? Uh, that's the story that's not told often enough. And uh, cities with the biggest homicide rate, uh, what do you think number one is? I talked about this a couple of weeks on the radio, and several people called and said Chicago. No, not even close. Now, I'm not proud of where Chicago is on this list, but Memphis, Tennessee is number one. New Orleans is number two. I'm not going to go through all twenty, all, all 19 of them before we get to number 20, which is Chicago. Uh, again, I wish Chicago was number 120 or 320, uh, so we want to lower that. I'm not proud of this. However, it's not what the late-night talk show hosts say it is. Uh, the, the name of this book, and it struck me as being so interesting and disappointing in a way, it's called Gameness, Landing on Your Feet, Not Only Your Feelings, Landing on Your Feet, David Dennis, the author. I thought this would be a book about cats. It's not. Hello? Is he here? Steve. There you are. Steve. Hi. Yes, I, I was laughing. I, I apologize. I, I had it on mute. That's okay. Uh, I've been muted many times, mostly by my <laughs> wife, actually. So <laughs> the name of the book is Gameness, Land on Your Feet, Not Your Feelings. David Dennis, you are here. You're the author. What motivated you to do this book about coming back from adversity, which is the best way I could describe it? You know, uh, my wife and I have five children, and I wanted to leave something with them that they could take after I'm gone as uh, a guide uh, and maybe a record of some thoughts and advice, wisdom, uh, guidance, if you will, kind of a conversation with them that they would always be able to have a conversation, as I told them, that I never got to have with my dad who died when I was a young boy. And it started there. And my kids prompted me to uh, share it with a broader audience, so it became this published book. But my motivation was, uh, you know, to share that with them, but probably what drove that motivation was, once again, the fact that I never had the opportunity to have a conversation that I could remember with my dad, because I was so young when he died. Our telephone Um, number, 312-981-7200. You can call or text. You you, use... Gameness. That's the name of the book. Gameness. I didn't even know that word existed. And according to you in the book, it's a never quit mindset, the resolute of purpose, a fighting spirit, and the will required to act. If you have those four bullet points, will you succeed at coming back from when things hit you that you don't expect to happen? Is that the secret? I believe it's the four most important uh, attributes. And as I, I uh, shared in the book, Steve, the, uh, those are the four defining attributes that I found in the dictionary. I, I got fascinated with this word. I was, I was trying to hone down my message that I was writing for my kids. 
and, and to actually, if I could find one word that really encapsulated what I wanted to leave with them as the most important attribute that they could uh, pursue as a, as a mindset that would ensure that they had the opportunity to live their life to the fullest potential. And I came across the word gameness, and I'd heard of it uh, many times, uh, but I, I really never knew what it was. So I looked it up, and, and, and I found the definition fascinating. And then the follow-on definition was these four attributes, to have an ever-quit mindset, resoluteness to a purpose, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, fighting spirit, and the will required to act beyond your feelings. And so that, those were the four uh, attributes that make up the four sections in the book. And so, uh, and I found in my own life that, that those have been invaluable uh, attitudes, mindsets, approach to living uh, that have helped me in my life as I have uh, navigated a lot of adversity that began in my childhood. And, and, uh, and those were the things that when I kind of summed up what I felt like were the most important things to pass along to them, those were the things that I felt were most valuable. You write in the book not to beat yourself up for not foreseeing a situation that you simply could have not ever have foreseen, wondering if a different path would bring you closer to joy today. Later in the book, you quote uh, from Frank Sinatra's song, Paul Anka, who wrote the song, regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. But it's kind of human nature to say, what if, however, and to look back instead of looking forward when something does happen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, one of the quotes that I that I have in the book uh, by Sorian Kierkegaard, I felt like said it best that for life to be understood, it, it must be understood backwards, but <laughs> it must be must yeah. be lived forward. Yeah, and so uh, it is a balance, and it is important. Um, and as as I as I mentioned in the book in one of my chapters, I I remind my kids always there's a reason the rearview mirror is. Uh, small and your windshield is large. And it's important to keep aware of what's behind you, to learn from it, to grow from it, probably not to repeat some of it, or to, if you do, repeat it more wisely. But most importantly, it's important to look out ahead at where you're going and, and uh, kind of the, the, the future of your life, your potential. So I have a texture. You can't redo, you, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can't redo, you can't redo the past. Mm-hmm. True enough. I have a texter here who says, after 41 years of marriage, uh, I lost my wife. How do I look forward and not look backwards? Well, once again, I, I would never say don't look backward. I, I think that looking backwards is important, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's a balance. Uh, but I also think that if uh, in my own life, I lost my my father and my mother and my sister all by the age of five and was uh, removed from my home and placed in child protective services and foster care so everything that should have been permanent in a in a kid's life uh, i i lost by age five and i spent a long time uh dwelling on the past uh, i i had a lot of feelings about that obviously from that trauma and so much so that i spent a great deal of my early life uh focus so much on trying to avoid the risk or possibility of that pain repeating itself or being abandoned again or feeling rejected again, that it was robbing me of my future. And so I, I think it's important to uh, treasure the memories uh, that you have that are, that are, that are beautiful memories of, of your of past relationship in marriage of losing a spouse. Uh, 
but uh, at the same time, I, I, I would think that uh, his bride would want him to continue to live forward and, and, and to think about the future as well. Our telephone number, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. But when things happen like that, how do you not feel bitter? We will talk about that when we come back on WGN. It's 2.45. 13 minutes before 3 o'clock on WGN. After 3 o'clock, it is Karen Conti who is here talking about all things legal. We're talking about all things motivational. The name of the book is called Gameness, Land on Your Feet. Not Your Feelings. David Dennis is the author of that book. So when bad things happen, and ultimately, I don't know, friends, raise your hand. I mean, how many people have had a life so charmed that adversity of some type hasn't happened? Happens to everybody. I don't care if you're rich or famous or not. It happens to everyone, if you're human. So, and around the world, I think that's part of being human, then how do you not feel bitter about things or feel, woe is me, and I'm I'm the only person on the planet bad things have happened to? How do you avoid both of those? You know, Steve, I I think that probably all of us have felt some bitterness. Uh, You know, one of the things, uh, I was talking to one of my kids when I wrote this book, and you know, one of them asked me, why did I feel this particular message was so important? And I told them, uh, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's so important to re- realize every day that, uh, you know, life is uh, not sure. Uh, it's, it's not fair. And it's oftentimes not pleasant. And that's just a reality. And every day we're going to wake up and adversity is going to knock on our door and demand something of us. And I, I think that it's really important to, you know, consider what is our mindset going to be, since that's true of all of us, as you just said, every day, everywhere, uh, life is, is unsure, it's, un, it's unfair, it's oftentimes unpleasant. So uh, what mindset you're going to encounter that adversity with is critically important. I love what Napoleon Hill said when he said every adversity and every failure and every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And that sounds Pollyannish, but I, I think that we have to find that seed. Uh, you know, uh, I write in my book a little bit about Viktor Frankl. Many people have read his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, it depicts uh, a lot of his experiences as a, a prisoner in Nazi prison camps. And one of the great uh, liberating truths that he began to embrace and realize was he had, while he had no control over the tragic situation he was in and the circumstances uh, that he was being subjected to that were totally outside of his control, while many people became overwhelmed with the, the hopelessness that they were feeling, the bitterness that they were feeling, uh, and the tragedy that they were experiencing, he decided one day that, you know, I have no control over any of the external circumstances that I'm encountering, but I have total control over how I'm going to respond to them. And he found that so liberating, and as he began to share that with other uh Prisoners in the in the camp, it began to lift their spirits, and they began to realize, I am the one with the final say so on how I'm going to respond to uh, the pain that I'm that I'm experiencing. You have a quote in here from Dale Carnegie, who says, "Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage." 
but I've got a better quote. It was from George Casey. You probably don't know who that is. He was at that time president of the American Humane Association when I was on the board of directors. And he said, doing something is always better than doing nothing. Uh, can you respond to both of those similar quotes? You know, the, I talk actually briefly about this in the book. Uh, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, and when the Oklahoma City bombing happened at the Murrow Building, uh, I, my wife and I took our then three young boys uh, uh, that we had at the time to the site before the new memorial was constructed. And at that time, there was just a, a large cyclone fence around the site where the bombing had happened. And after we, we got out of the car, started walking up to the site, I whispered to my wife, I, I said, I could tell the, the boys had gotten really quiet. And in the car, they began to ask some questions about, uh, you know, gosh, you know, how could anybody be so evil to do something like this and kill all these people? And especially these little children in the daycare center that were there. And I said to her, gosh, maybe we shouldn't be walking down there to, to look at this. This could be a horrific side of carnage. But we kept walking. And we were real quiet as we got closer to the site. And as we got up to the fence, uh, the most amazing thing happened, Steve. We, the fence was covered with mementos, everything from Purple Heart medals to work boots, work helmets, police badges, blankets, poems, jewelry, handwritten letters and poems. It was hundreds of thousands of these mementos. There were so many that we almost forgot kind of why we were there. We were just like, did you see this? Did you see that? Oh my gosh, did you see someone left this? And it was like we almost couldn't see past all of these loving acts that had been pinned to this fence to see the other side where the carnage had happened. And on the way back to our house in the van, our conversation, instead of talking about how evil uh, people can be, we were talking about how loving people can be. So you know, nobody could fix what happened at that bombing site, but it was as if there were notes there from people from Japan, Australia, everywhere. And it was almost like people that came to the site said, you know, I can't fix what happened here, but it's, it's what can I do with what I have where I am? And they just, I think, spontaneously probably began to post things on the fence. So now if you're, it's like the, the, the message was, if you're going to see this awful place here in our past, you're going to have to see it through this fence of love. So I think the fact that they did what they could with what they had right then was a powerful expression, and it made a huge difference. And I realized, you know, people were going down to the site to, to really see that. And, and uh, I, I really feel like that's a powerful uh, picture of, of what we have to do. We've got to take action uh, and, and, you know, in spite of what's happened. Is taking some action, making a decision, doing something, better than kind of languishing and not doing anything. Yes. I, I think uh, William James used to say, uh, I don't sing because I'm happy. I'm happy because I sing. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I think it's a very powerful uh, thing for us all to consider the importance of learning to act ourselves to new ways of feeling instead of trying to feel ourselves to new ways of acting. You know, I, I don't, ever usually feel like going to the gym, uh, but I feel great when I leave. You know, it's endorphins aren't free, and, and it's, uh, it's the way it is in life. You know, it, you know our, our feelings really are driven largely by our actions, and when we find ourselves waiting for the feelings to be right, 
to do things we need to do, we can get in trouble. Here's a question uh, from area code 630 here. We only have a couple of minutes, but quickly your comments. Uh, Fired from a job turned out to be the best thing that happened uh, because it opened the door to follow my dreams. Can you comment on that? Uh, it's, I, that that call in is, um, in a nutshell, a big part of what this book is about. It's it goes back to that quote while ago. I said every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And I think it's having the mindset. You know, um, the very first section of the book is uh, never quit mindset, and what that talks about is upgrading our perspective. And what I talk about there is, you know. Every day we get up, things aren't great. It could be loss of a job, could be loss of a spouse, could be a loss of anything, uh, or just a really difficult time. And to, what we've got to do, first of all, is, is upgrade our perspective, which means that we've got to learn to see things better even before we can see better things. Boy, and so are, if, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, I, I just think that, it, and, and we have the power to do that. We don't have the power to change the circumstance at this moment. But if we can take time to, to have a perspective that says, okay, how can I look at this differently? How can I see it better bef- before I can see better things? That's a beginning place. So thinking and your perspective is even before you start taking actions, you've got to really frame it in your mind. Have you ever been a pastor? <laughs> he sounds you know, like I, one, doesn't he? I think you do. I, I, I have a very strong faith component in my life, and that was uh, really the big turnaround for me and, and my new perspective when I was about 19 years of age. That was a beginning place for me to make peace and sort through and begin to understand and focus on my future uh, I, it, when I was at kind of my lowest point. And so my faith is, has always been a driving force in my life, still is, and uh, that's a big part of the compass and my purpose. All right. The name of the book is called Gameness, Land on Your Feet, Not Your Feelings. David Dennis, the author, thank you so much for joining us. Steve, thanks for having me. I thought you might want to talk with Thais, my dog who's pictured on the back of the book with me, but you, <laughs> maybe, maybe our next interview, uh, we can get her on. I would love it. I do talk dog. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care, Steve. Thank you. Next week on this very radio show, we'll talk to the star of a show called Personality. It's the Lloyd Price story that's coming into the Studebaker Theater here. Also the author of a book called Dinner with the President and what these dinners are all about. This is an amazing book, really. Such, if you love history, you will love that book. Karen Conti is next.